Welcome back, everybody, to In The Loop. What is up, everybody? My name is Michael Burpo. Thanks again for listening to In The Loop. This week, I'm taking a deep dive into Antwerp. And in case you didn't know, Antwerp, Belgium, is the diamond capital of the world. A lot of retailers choose to visit Antwerp to buy diamonds right from the source and get a chance to get either better deals or get a chance to find diamonds that are very specific, maybe for a custom project that they're working on with a retailer or something like that. And I get a chance to speak with Scott Stambaugh from Stambaugh Jewelers, a member of IJO, who's been to Antwerp, he, he doesn't even know how many times, you know, probably over 30. And then I also get a chance to speak with Erica Gottfried from the RJO Rock Tour. And she talks about the trip that she sets up where she brings a lot of different retailers every year to visit Antwerp and talks about kind of how they set that up, what their goals are with bringing retailers. And and kind of how they make it as easy as possible for people to take this trip. And then I speak with Ross Cockrum, the CEO of Punchmark. And Ross is setting up this uh, campaign to promote your trip to Antwerp. So whether that's this year that you're going to be going on a trip, maybe in October, and you want to promote it to your, uh, maybe your VIPs or just your client base, and you want to kind of promote that a little bit better. And Ross has a campaign that Punchmark has set up this year. And and it's really comprehensive, has a lot of different pieces that, that are a part of it, and Ross sets it all up for you. If you are interested in this campaign, you can visit and uh, email marketing at punchmark.com and get 15% off the campaign And if you're in the loop listener. It's a really fun talk, and this is kind of like a more deep dive than I normally do, so if you like this, let me know. Thanks, enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Punchmark, the jewelry industry's favorite website platform. Whether you're looking for better e-commerce performance, business growth, or campaigns that drive traffic and sales, Punchmark's website and marketing services were made just for you. It's never too late to transform your business with a user-friendly, point-of-sale integrated website platform designed for growth and results. Sign up for your free demo today at punchmark.com. While you're enjoying this week's episode, take a moment and leave us a star rating on the Spotify mobile app. Or if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a star rating and a review. It's the best way to help us grow and to show that you're really enjoying the show. Thanks. And now, back to the show. All right. First, we're going to hear from Scott Stambaugh from Stambaugh Jewelers, and we're going to hear about his experiences with Antwerp, Belgium. Welcome back, everybody. I'm joined by Scott Stambaugh with Stambaugh Jewelers. Um, actually already interviewed you probably, I think, about a year ago now. How you been today? I've been great, Michael. How about yourself? Super well. We're getting ready for uh, this episode will be coming out in just a few days. And uh, that means it'll be honestly probably about a week before this IJO Cleveland show, which is going to be really exciting. You said it's uh, kind of local to you as well. Yeah, we're on the other side of, uh, of Ohio from Cleveland. So it's about about a two and a half, three hour drive for us. So we're going to actually take our entire staff. Um, it's always great to take them to the IJO shows, um, get them some buy-in. They really enjoy um, seeing what we do at the shows. And, you know, when we get out of the store for several days to, to go to these shows, I think sometimes people think it's just a way to get away. And um, when the staff go, they realize there's a lot of work that goes on that you're actually doing, you know, Saturday, Sunday, your work and a lot of education. And um, I like the staff to, to see the different vendors. And if they find somebody they like, then we'll go back and take a look at it. So it's great, great team building as well. That's great. So we're talking today about Antwerp um, and why IJO Antwerp trips are, are so important and why a lot of businesses can kind of like build that really into the backbone of their company. Uh, first of all, have you been on any any Antwerp trips? I've been on a lot of Antwerp trips. I've tried to, tried to go back and count them and I, I somewhere in 28, 29, what? somewhere oh in that neighborhood. God. I've been doing... It's been a little bit, take, I had to take obviously a COVID break. And then uh, last year, some things kind of didn't work, worked against me this year, but uh, planning to head back this fall. But I was going twice a year, going spring and fall um, for a lot of years in a row. So I, I enjoy it. I love it. I learned so much while I'm over there getting, um, it's, a, it's an IJO show every night. 
at dinner, you know, it, having a few drinks after buying and then getting to know the diamond dealers over in Antwerp is, is amazing to, you know, the, see the other side of the diamond business. We, we deal on the polished end. And so it's really cool to get to meet diamond dealers and talk to them about the rough end and trying to get the whole scope of what our industry is. Cause we only know just a little bit of it, you know, in the retail world of yeah, it's good to know kind of, yeah, from uh, from everything. I, I've heard this phrase, like, eat your own dog food. And it's like, it's important for you to kind of really experience it from from the very beginning all the way to the end consumer, which you do on the daily as well. Uh, can you kind of maybe talk us through what a a typical day in Antwerp is looking like to me, it's just, you go to an office and you're sitting in an office with, you know, thousands of these diamonds around you. But, uh, I'm sure that there's a little bit more nuance to it than that. Yeah. A typical day for me is, uh, obviously we're working the uh, marketing on that and trying to get pre-sales and get customers to commit. And, um, most of my success has been looking for, uh, new engagements or upgrades you know, anniversary mm -hmm. diamonds and things like that for, for my clients. Um, so once my first day there, that's my, my main thing. I'm not worried about inventory diamonds at that point in time. It's trying mm -hmm. to work my customers. Um, so I have a working sheet that I work and I know that this customer is looking for a, you know, a specific one carat, you know, this color grade, this clarity. Um, so I'll hit my first office, work them, keep detailed notes, and most of the dealers will allow you to hold diamonds for 24 hours. So I'll go through everybody that I've got to buy diamonds for, set diamonds aside. If I can find a diamond for each of my clients in one office, I'll set them aside. Then I'll go to the next de dealer and do the exact same thing for that same group of presale customers that mm -hmm. I'm looking for. So if I've got, you know, five diamonds that I need for the customers, I might have five diamonds in each of the diamond offices and I'll plot them, make notes, and then go back to my hotel room after the morning or late afternoon and kind of go, okay, digest what I just saw. And, okay, diamond office number one had a great buy or a beautiful diamond, but office number three, I think, had the best-looking diamond for the best value. Maybe it was a little bit bigger or something like that. And then you go back the next day and, and try to eliminate some of those so that the other – uh, retailers, when you go with a, with a group, so the other retailers, you're not holding goods that other dealers or other retailers might want to see. But it's, it's it's a lot more stressful than you would think because yeah. you're um, buying for inventory is one thing. You know, you buy it, you put it in the case. Somebody's going to fall in love with it. There, you're already there buying for somebody who's trusting your judgment, and you put a lot of stress on yourself. Going, gosh. I think this one's a little bit better and all that other kind of stuff. So it, it's, it's a lot of stress. So that's, that's kind of how I, I start out and hit, get the diamonds that I know that I've committed to that these customers want. Um, some dealers don't have the goods you want. So you, very seldom do I have a diamond for one customer in umpteen different offices. Usually it's one or two that have a really great value or a really beautiful diamond that I want for my client. And then there's even sometimes I'll actually, I always take my customer's phone numbers with me. Um, if I'm in indecisive, um, I'll talk with my customer and go, Hey, I've got two diamonds. Here's what we're looking at. Which do you think? And, uh, it's always kind of fun to talk with them. If I, if I don't need to talk to them as far as helping me decide on which diamond, you know, or have me push and go, okay, it's maybe a better color than what we had thought or better clarity. Sometimes that's, I want their opinion. Um, but if I found exactly what I'm looking for, I don't necessarily need to call them for that, but I always call them and go, Hey, guess what? I found the absolute most beautiful diamond for you today. Your girlfriend's going to absolutely go bonkers over this. And you know, it's for us guys, most men are fairly romantically challenged. I guess <laughs> we're not very romantic, yeah. but you know, we go, oh, wow. you just go, yeah, you just go buy it and, and uh, give it to her. It's like, this gives a whole nother story to, mm. you know, when you go, you know, hey, Susie, will you marry me? And she says, yes. And then you can go, you know what? I had Scott. He went over to Belgium and he bought this diamond with you and I in mind. And it's, and then the girls go, oh, that's really cool. And some of the dealers I work with, um, I can actually find out 
where the diamond came out of the ground, how wow. big it was when it was rough. So it's, I just got one in today. It was 2.81 carats in the rough and now it's a one carat oval and it came from South Africa. I mean, that kind of stuff is really cool that most customers, when they buy a diamond, they have no idea where it came from. And so some of those Antwerp connections can give you that really added edge. I call those the birth papers. So yeah. I get the paper that it, that diamond was in when it was in its rough state. And then it goes to the cutter, all the notes on it that says, you know, polished to excellent, do all that other stuff. That's kind of neat stuff. Most customers really dig that. And I love it. It's, it's neat. It's an added story to a, to a diamond. So I've heard you mention a couple of times, uh, these different offices, um, this is, it's kind of interesting. I think that the different offices are kind of remind me of some of these jewelry vendors where they're important and you know, the distinctions between them, but to the end consumer, they probably never heard of any of these customers. Like my new hobby is asking regular people, Hey, have you ever heard of this company called Stuller before? And no one has ever heard of this multi, multi-billion dollar company, which is the linchpin for an entire industry. And yet, so these these offices, what are the main distinctions between? Are, are some of them we they only do colored stones or, or colored diamonds, or are some of them like we only do the highest quality, mega expensive diamonds, or is it more like every single office has the full range, and then you're just going there for the personal kind of connections action? Uh, a little bit of both. It's, a lot of them have a a certain range of goods that they tend to carry or that we get to see obviously there's different diamonds will hit more of the american market some will hit more of the asian markets and different things and the dealers know that because the asian market wants this or the american market likes this um, but there are you know some dealers are better at um they'll sell what they have this is the mm -hmm. diamonds that they have they're cut they're polished they're ready to go um and if they don't have anything, that's that, that's what they they don't have anything for you. Other dealers, uh, you could walk into a dealer and ask for something really obscure, and he goes, "You know what? I don't have it." But he's on the phone within five minutes, and he's working the street in Antwerp, and he's like, "Okay, I got somebody. They're going to courier or courier wow. it over to the office." Um, so you get some things that you maybe that's not in their inventory, um, and then other people deal in more commercial goods, more I1, I2 goods, uh, maybe not as well cut and polished, you know, every, because all of us retailers are service a different market as well. So there are some dealers over there that I don't do much with because that's not my customer or not my market. Um, but you know, we always tell it's kind of like the grocery store method. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't get angry about it. Just take what you need and what you can get and leave the rest behind. And that's kind of, you know, some of those dealers I just don't do much business with. It's not that I don't like them. It just doesn't fit my market. So when it comes to coming back, are you, it's crazy to ask, are you bringing back all these diamonds with you? Are you at all worried ever about your, you know, personal safety walking around the diamond district? Like take me through that. No, it never, I've, I have never brought anything back on me personally. Um, mm. They really discourage that. I think there's some export laws and some different things like that without leaving Belgium. Um, most of all that stuff just gets shipped Federal Express or uh, Brinks or whatever courier that they're going to use to get it back to the to the States. Um, so yeah, you never carry, very seldom do you carry anything. Um, just too risky and I mean, if I had to, I, I know I can. I've talked, I've got some friends that have done it. Um, I just, I'm too forgetful. I'm too worried about just keeping a hold of my passport, let alone <laughs> carrying diamonds with me, not leaving it sit somewhere. So, yeah, I don't want to subject myself to that. Um, but in the district, now there's, it's kind of weird that you, there's security around there. It's not, it's not overwhelming, uh, but you know, people are watching you. It's, sure. it's not creepy. It's not creepy, but you know, sometimes you sit there and watch guys with their big gun, machine guns and different artillery and stuff like that. And you go, Hmm, I could probably be wiped off the face of the earth and nobody would notice. If, no <laughs> blink. Yeah. But, but, uh, no, it's I always feel very secure. It's a, uh, it's a great place. I absolutely love going to Antwerp, the food, um, you know, the evenings getting to 
hang out with your fellow jewelers and iron sharpens iron. Yeah, it is great. And one last question, uh, as we kind of wrap this thing up, I I know you got to get going. Uh, when was, have you ever gone and either seen something that's that was like really eye-opening as far as like a, a stone that you're like wow I, I never thought it could be like this or you ever see like a, a stone in particular that was like the one that got away and you just really couldn't either justify it or couldn't find a way to you didn't think that you'd be able to to move it and as a result you kind of had to had to let it slip through your fingers no i've never lost any there you missed any opportunities that I know of, but I have gotten the opportunity to hold some exceptional diamonds. Mm. Um, and I remember if it was a 55 or a 60 carat, it was, it was big. Um, it's like a Robin. They egg. would not, yeah, it was, it was a monster. It was going to, they, you know, there was really no price for it because it was mm. more of an auction type diamond. So it's worth what somebody's willing to pay. I mean, obviously they've got an idea what they want for it, but um, they wouldn't let us use tweezers. One, it was big enough. It wouldn't fit in tweezers hardly, but um, they don't want to chip the girdle. They don't, you know, it's polished. Everything's in great shape. So we could hold it with our hands and and look at it. Uh, We were not allowed to take pictures um, of the diamond or anything like that, because when it goes to auction and somebody spends mega, mega dollars on a, big diamond like that last thing they want is to see on my facebook profile a picture of that diamond that they spent all that money on so that when it gets to that big stuff yeah when it gets to that big but we've had um at one point in time we had a nice meeting with uh gabby takowski who um is a world-renowned diamond cutter and cut the golden jubilee and he had some resins of the things he had to buy make the equipment to actually cut the diamond because the diamond was so big it didn't fit on anything but just to listen to his stories and you know how the passion he has for the diamond and let the diamond talk to him and figure out how he was going to cut it and wow i mean gabby's gabby was he was amazing to listen to and talk to what a really cool experience yeah. You never know what you might run into in an office. That's why sometimes you just kind of hang around, you know, you, you just never know. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a really good time and I can see why you've been back so many times. And I, I hope your, uh, your, your most recent or your upcoming trip is going to be a great one. It sounds like, you know, it's been a little while since you were able to make the trip, but it sounds like it's uh it's ready and waiting for you. Yes, it is. I'm ready. I'm excited. And uh, hopefully we'll get some nice pre-sales you know, try to get some of these kids to understand or people to understand how, how amazing the natural diamond is versus a lab grown and some of the things that are a little bit special about that. Absolutely. Well, Scott, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, everybody will go to the next one. Thank you so much. Bye. Next, we're going to hear from Erica Godfrey from the RJO Rock Tour and about this trip that she puts on with members of RJO to visit Antwerp. Alrighty, everybody, welcome back. I'm joined by Erica Godfrey, the uh, kind of showrunner for the RJO Rock Tour. How are you doing today, Erica? I'm really well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, this is... and I don't know for sure that I would say I'm the showrunner. I'm I probably follow. <laughs> I do what I'm told. <laughs> oh, I totally understand. But the Rock Tour very popular. Um, how many years has has the Rock Tour been going on so far? Oh, goodness. Um, You know, I think RJO has been doing the Rock Tour for over 30 years. Wow. We haven't called it the Rock Tour always, but traveling overseas has definitely been part of of RJO's uh, mission, if you will. Mm -hmm. And always to Antwerp. I mean, Antwerp, the the diamond capital of the world. That's what I always say. And it's so funny. It's it's so such a, a cornerstone for the jewelry industry. And yet sometimes kind of like one of my hobbies is uh, I try to talk to my friends that aren't in the jewelry industry. And I ask them these things that are like so popular with jewelers. Like, have you ever heard of the brand? Have you ever heard of Stuller? Or do you know where the diamond capital of the world is? And a lot of times these people don't really know. Uh, can you kind of set up why a jeweler uh, would want to go to Antwerp. Oh, you betcha. Um, and I, I would say too, that a lot of people don't even know where Belgium is in Europe. So <laughs> yeah. even my customers are like, are you going to the Netherlands or Germany? So educating everybody is really important. Um, I think part of why jewelers should be or are interested in going to the diamond capital of the world, uh, it's been the the capital for well over five centuries. So mm-hmm. the history itself 
is something that's remarkable. I think um, there's so much history in Europe, so it draws to a lot of people's attention that way. But the the diamond market is extensive there. There's no no doubts about that. Um, they have experience with cutters and the traders. There's there's just so much there to offer. I think um, the the biggest thing for me though is the the historic lore. You mm-hmm. know they've you've built a trust system. You've built um, the heritage of of what what we do every day and sometimes take for granted. So part of that fun is being able to go there, see it from a different perspective, and then come back refreshed. Yeah. And I had uh, spoken with some other members and they were always saying, you know, it's uh, this unique kind of interaction where you can say like, I'm going to, you know, go across, across the ocean and I'm going to find the perfect diamond specifically for you. Um, What about, why would someone want to go to, to Antwerp to get these diamonds when I'm sure that there are lots of available diamonds already in in America? Um, Why why is going over to, you know, specifically to Antwerp so, uh, so important? Uh, for me, mm-hmm. I would say return on investment. I mean, ah, it is I see. about the experience, isn't it? Um, I am able to set myself up as a direct diamond importer. Um, coming, I create that niche in my, in my world. Mm-hmm. Um, so in small town, middle American, Nebraska, for example, by creating this continuing experience, I can go and I can select something that my customers are trusting me to find something exquisite. And I have the opportunity. The great part about doing this is that we have opportunity to see 10, you know, 10 one carat GSI one stones, and they all look a little bit different. So we get mm. to really personalize that. So when we're looking for something that speaks to our client, it has to speak to us. And we don't necessarily always have that opportunity. If you're on a buying floor, you're working in one office, um, or you have a vendor in the store, this just gives us a little bit more experience. And I think that's always what it's about, especially in today's work world. So creating that niche of building trust, um, building excitement, that pours over into our customers who are taking part in that. But then it also continues to spill out to other customers who hear about it and they want to take part in it too. So it's just like creating that excitement. It's something different. It's something that they have stories to pass on to their generations too. Yeah. So you've got me sold on going to Antwerp now. I'm, I'm ready to sign up. Can you um talk to me about the rock tour and why uh, someone would choose to go you know, with the rock tour as opposed to just maybe going themselves? Oh, there's so many, there's so many reasons in my opinion. Um, the rock tour for our group, it allows us to help other retailers who maybe wouldn't have, you know, people sometimes are concerned about the travel, the security, the languages, Mm -hmm. you know, not knowing where they're going. Those Mm -hmm. are all concerns. So by going as a group, we also have sometimes a better purchasing power if we can work together, um, by larger parcels. And then, um, it, it also allows us to build a network, just a nice, we just have this nice camaraderie within the retailers where you can rely on them. You can rely on your hosts. Of course, we have vendors that operate in Antwerp year round and they know they're, they have the expertise. They have everything at their disposal also to help the retailers. Interesting. So I guess it seems like it takes care of all the logistics related to, you know, a trip to a a foreign country. And uh, as someone who has been lucky enough to be able to travel um, rather extensively, it definitely is something, especially if it's your first trip out of the country, um, that is uh, definitely rather daunting for for some people. So if you're a world traveler, you understand the excitement of going mm-hmm. to a foreign country and hearing all the different noises and smelling all the different smells and, and the Belgian waffles. Yeah, it is. It's just, it's a great experience that you cannot explain to somebody until you've experienced it. So with people who might not take the opportunity to do the, do it themselves, we've pretty much laid everything out for them. Um, we've, we 
hand it to them. We hand our hand over to them to guide them if they want to. But if you're independent, such as yourself, you know, there's people that travel that choose to travel with a group. We can still come as a group. You're you're on your own if you want to be on your own as much as you want to be, or you can be with the group. Um, some people split up and go together. So it really is what you want to make it for yourself. I think Ooh. RJO just, yeah, I think RJO just lays, gives the foundation. Mm. And can you maybe just take me through like what a, a normal day of, of the rock tour would be? Uh, I'm sure that there is probably, um, is it just a lot of, I don't know, being in these different um, offices and speaking with the the diamond dealers, or does it kind of build in specific, I don't know, restaurants or sightseeing or uh, kind of more of the culture? Well, we try to do both. And I will tell mm -hmm. you the rock tour for us, um, we also bring in a Germany component. So we have Great. colored stones along with the, with the Antwerp diamonds, which allows us to be creative with our customers. It allows us to, kind of cover the gamut of what anybody would want. But if we're specifically talking about Antwerp, I would say, um, yeah, I think that our days typically start with a little bit of everything. We mix it all together. And I think even in Germany, that is, that's the key to creating that allure for mm -hmm. the retailer, certainly, but also by passing that forward to the clients when we come home. So we have, um, a great breakfast. It's a continental breakfast style at our hotel, but it's definitely European. So we can have the Nutella, we can have the salmon, we can have the all the good stuff, have great coffee. You can have chocolate in the morning if you want. We we get a walk the cobblestone streets directly to the Diamond District. Um, we get to see the offices. You know, a lot of people who've never been expect like diamonds, just like our customers, they expect glamour and, and you really see what people do on a day-to-day -day business is it's what people do on a day-to-day -day business. I come into my store and I look at my messy desk and mm -hmm. sometimes you see a messy desk, but that's the great part about it, that work is always going on. So you work know you're right in the yeah. hub. Yeah. And I think um, by having the opportunity to see how the diamond district is set up, I think that's a pretty unique visualization for people to experience and walk through. Um, Eating out is always fun. I mean, you can go, you can get anything. That's a great thing too. Falafel, you can have Indian cuisine, you can have Lebanese, you can have American food. Good old McDonald's is always around the corner, right? But the best part is experiencing everything together with, with the people that you travel with. Absolutely. Do you find that it's typically uh, the more... I don't know. Is what what demographic of retailers do you find are typically going on these trips with you? Is it more of the uh, the younger generation, the next generation that's coming through, or do you find that it's the more I don't know seasoned um, retailers that find the most value out of this? Well, I I like to think we're all young, right? Of course, <laughs> I'm definitely one of the seasoned travelers, <laughs> but um, we have it runs the gamut. Mm -hmm. We can have young people who've never traveled before. Um, I I know retailers that are much younger than I am that go. And I know retailers that are much older than I that go. So the ease of travel is always available. Um, I know that if walking is a concern, people, they just slow down. We just take our time. That hasn't been a concern for anybody else who is more seasoned. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think that that's another benefit that a lot of people might take for granted and maybe look past like, oh, I'd love to go, but I'd mm. love to go, but my goal and my co-host Nancy Marshall, her goal and RJO's goal is to make sure that that but turns into an and, and mm. everybody can come. Everything is possible. I love that. It's uh, I do agree. It's just uh, the logistics. I mean, yeah, like we said before, very daunting. But if you can remove as many of those barriers to entry, it just makes it so much more accessible. And I do think getting the chance to see different cultures, getting a chance to experience also just kind of from the very beginning to the very end consumer is uh, just so powerful when it comes to like, you know, telling the story of jewelry. Isn't that kind of what we're all trying to do? Um, what is the... 
kind of the promotion aspect of this? Like, how do you give a kind of a rundown to the jewelers that are going to be signing up for this? Do you kind of give them a, a guide on how to speak articulately about a trip to, to Antwerp so that it is compelling for potential shoppers? Oh, absolutely. We certainly try to do that um, mm-hmm. and make sure that the anybody who travels with us, you know, it's it's just a longer experience overall for the travel part of it. You know, we get on a plane just like we do if we're flying in the States. We step out, we have to figure out how to get to the hotel. Somebody speaks English around every corner. Um, I love languages. I love cultures. It's fun. I think that um, when we explain that to the retailers, our biggest point is that it's it's not something to be scared of. It's not uncomfortable. It's just unusual for the first experiences. When we go to the Diamond District, when we're working with our colored stone vendors, um, that is something that we try to organize and pre-sell to clients, make sure that our retailers, we try to give them guidance as far as how to plan in advance. So when you mm-hmm. are in Antwerp, when we are in Edar Oberstein, those are places that we can get the work done rather than having to, oh gosh, I didn't think about that. We like to um, notify the vendors, make sure that they know what to expect, when to expect it, who to expect. I think that's very important to have the vendor understand where we're coming from as well. Because because we're breaking into their normal routine, you know, and I think that that's something that we also uh, need to respect and make sure that we understand that the vendors are ready and willing to do whatever they can to help us succeed. How many, how many retailers are typically going with you? This sounds like a, a rather large group. We have, I think right now, um, our Germany trip was sold out right after our last buying show. Um, I think right now we're at about 35. Wow. For this. That's amazing. I can't tell you for sure off the top of my head. So, I always wonder though, because again, diamonds just becoming increasingly, um, you know, diverse. There's so many different options when it comes to, you know, purchasing a diamond, especially with lab grown being increasingly popular. Uh, do you find that like a trip to Antwerp, what niche is it going to fill? Because I've always been curious, is it best to sell to, for example, like a a first time ring shopper, or is it best to sell to someone who's maybe doing a custom, a custom piece or like a replacement piece and they need like a very specific color stone that fits either a missing or um, matches a set, or is it something completely uh, different entirely where you are, you know, going there just to kind of fill inventory. What do you think is like kind of the the best Ooh, thing? To I would after? tell you the best is anything that, that we can bring back that benefits our businesses, our individual businesses and really benefits the client. So, um, for me, yes, we do stock inventory. Um, you know, that could be diamonds that we pick out for diamond stud earrings. It could be specialty stones that we highlight as our Antwerp finds. Um, those are pieces that keep us talking throughout the year. Yeah. When we look at customers, um, our clients, oh my goodness, that's such a good question. There's there's so many opportunities. Engagement rings, yes. A lot of times, you know, the the young men that come in are nervous. They don't, they've never been in a jewelry store. They don't know yeah. anything about it. So, you know, that's kind of, the fun part for us is to create something that's unique that she can say, gosh, I got my stone from the jeweler who went to Antwerp. They might not even understand everything that went on, but they start that story and it continues. Um, one year I had a grandma who bought um, two carat total weight stud earrings for six of her granddaughters. So mm. 12 one carat stones all had to be the same quality. They all needed to look the same. It was a project and we laser inscribed on the girdle of the diamond love grandma. And we put the year on it. Oh. So they would have something, you know, so um, cute. Gold was, yeah, it, it was such a fun thing. It was very difficult to find all of those stones that were perfectly matched. And I don't believe I could have done it had I not gone to Antwerp. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so we do things like that. It could be, uh, yellow diamonds. It could be totally something unique that you might have a customer for. You might think you have a customer for a customer may certainly have specific interests. Um, 
I know, I know retailers that have brought back beautiful stones. Um, I had a, a retailer that was on our trip last year. She bought some stones, not knowing for sure if she thought she could sell them. And I think she had them sold by, before she even got back to the States. Wow. That's just great. By, yeah. Just by talking them up and, you know, letting people hear about what they were doing overseas. Now, talk to me just a little bit more. I know we're talking about the Rock Tour and we're talking about Antwerp. Um, talk to me just a little bit more about these this Colored Stone um, tour because uh, I'm always interested, you know, uh, when I... I have talked to my friends that aren't in jewelry and I'll mention, you know, oh, there's, um, you know, chocolate diamonds and there's champagne diamonds. I'll, I'll mention this or uh, they'll say, oh, these rubies. And I'll be like, that's not a ruby. That's actually just a, a red diamond. And as I'm, you know, I'm curious, is that popular in Antwerp with these colored diamonds? Or do you typically suggest that you're going to uh, to Germany if you're going to need colored stones? So definitely there's color to be found as far as diamonds go in Antwerp. In Edar Oberstein, Germany, we mm. have a wonderful vendor that, and again, we're going back to the 15th century for they're the colored stone capital of the country. So um, I think that's really important to point out that there's so many colored stone opportunities, but the range for color is so unique and so vast at the same time because you can look for blue zircon you can look for blue topaz you can look for blue sapphire you can look you know for aquamarine you can look for a chrome tourmaline there's so many things that you can find so and a lot of customers think emerald ruby sapphire and that's all yeah. they know for color that's all they got. there's so much more to it you can find rutilated quartz you can the creativity for that is endless. So we all know that diamonds and colored stones have an intrinsic value. We know that they have an intrinsic value because it's a commodity in a sense, mm -hmm. but the worth of them, I guess, in my perspective, the worth of it becomes so much more when you create that story that this, the stone came from Germany. It came from Belgium. I picked it out. It was cut here and faceted this way, or it has this unique cut. It, Everything we do, whether that starts there and we create a custom design, every retailer has that opportunity to make it be perceived as so much more than just a rock. I mean, that's typically, you know, really at the end of the day, that's what it is. That's but what jewelry is. So yeah. much more. Yeah, we play with rocks and metal all day long, but it's so much more meaningful to people because they take something away from what that piece of jewelry is. It's a work of art for them. Absolutely. And uh, as we're kind of winding down, I was curious, I'm sure that security is a concern. Um, what is the, uh, are there any concerns about security? I know that Antwerp is a relatively safe city. Um, when you're walking around the Diamond District, um, is, that, is that something that is specific to the Rock Tour? Or is that just the Diamond District in general is very secure, just like because they know what goods are being traded in that area? Um, I, I would tell you, Anytime you travel to a larger city, I think mm. it's important to be aware. I think it doesn't matter if we're in the Diamond District. It doesn't matter if you're in the airport, the subway, you know, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at in the States or outside of the States, it's always good to be aware. The Diamond District, I feel, has been a great place to be. It is, you know, monitored. Um, there have been instances, you know, throughout the years that um, things have happened there that, you would hope never happens, but that shouldn't stop anybody because bad things happen everywhere. I think yeah. to be aware, travel in a group. Um, I've never felt unsafe myself in Antwerp or in mm -hmm. Germany. Um, and I think on the other side of it, on the other side of it, I think we have to consider too, what are we doing with those stones and how are we getting them home? So the jewelers are insured. They, they get shipped up box and shipped up. We don't bring them home with us. So there's mm. no concern about how do I get these through security? You know, how is TSA going to take a look at this and what are they going to ask me? So we don't have to worry about that. That's great. And so this is called the RJO Rock Tour. Um, is this open only to RJO members? It is. So RJO is um, a really great network of, of jewelers. There's plenty of different buying organizations out there. Um, our rock tour is specifically for RJO jewelers. We offer it um, once a year in October. 
And um, like I said, we've, we've added a second trip to Germany because we sold out on the first trip. So that one we have had to kind of double up and sandwich Antwerp in between. Mm-hmm. Um, we always go to, we do a little day excursion within Belgium. Sometimes we make it to Amsterdam or someplace like that um, and try to find, kind of rotate things and keep that fresh. But then we also um, take a couple extended days and tour another city. So people do get that, the enjoyment. We work and then we play. And when you when you love what you do, it, the whole thing just turns into a, a great trip. So this year we are going to London for a few days and we'll check nice. out the crown jewels and yeah, have, have some, have some nice time there. That sounds fantastic. And so if someone's listening and they're interested in learning more about uh, the RJO rock tour, where can they go? Well, I would, uh, they're more, everybody's more than welcome to call myself. I am one of the hosts. Uh, my phone number is 308-234-3773. I'm in, I'm at Hawthorne Jewelry in Kearney, Nebraska. My co-host is Nancy Marshall. She is at Signature Jewelers in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Her number is 701-757-4848. And then Jody Flaherty is the um, RJO she's the organized, she does everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so gotcha. Jody would be a great contact as well, directly calling RJO, which is 800-247-1774. And she would definitely be able to, to get our members organized and booked. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Erica. I love hearing about something that people are passionate about. It sounds like an awesome trip. And I love how you guys kind of mix it up every year. Um, I really appreciate you you know, find time to uh, come on here to speak about it. Absolutely. And I, I appreciate all the benchmarks doing to help us succeed. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll have a, a little bit more information about the marketing campaign uh, later on the show. Great. Thank you so much, Erica. I really appreciate your time. Uh, everybody, you. we'll be on to the next one. Bye. Finally, we're going to hear from Ross Cockrum, the CEO of Punchmark, about his experiences with Antwerp and as well as the Punchmark campaign to promote your trip to Antwerp. All right, everybody. I'm joined by Ross Cockrum. Ross, the boss for me, CEO of Punchmark. Ross, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. We're talking about Antwerp. I'm really excited because, uh, I mean, Antwerp, kind of the the founding spot for Punchmark. We you know, maybe want to set up the original kind of idea behind Punchmark and how Antwerp affected that. Yeah, so, um, you know, I had been uh, going to Antwerp since I was 16 years old uh, wow. with IJO, uh, escorting jewelers through the Diamond District on Pelican Strat, which is known as Pelican Street. Um, and, you know, the, a lot of history there. I've been there six times with jewelers. And, wow. you know, here I am 16, walking down the street. And sometimes, you know, big vans would pull up and armed guards would come out with M16s. And, like, the, the Diamond offices were scattered throughout the street, right? So um, they would have my passport on file. And they'd know who I was, right? So I'd, I'd walk in as this 16-year-old kid with a group of 10, 15 jewelers. And I'd turn to the guard and be like, yeah, they're with me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, was, wow, it was that's cool pretty cool. But, um, but yeah, so so that that's that's kind of just a summary of the history. But, um, you know, working at IJO, um, you know, we had a lot of ideas. I had a lot of friends, um, you know, jewelers who went to Belgium, went to Antwerp to hand select diamonds for their customers. And uh, I used to take photography, uh, you know, I take photographs of like diamonds and the, the churches, Our Lady Cathedral, which is this like church that took 200 years to build just a beautiful architecture and the essence of Antwerp, which is easy to yeah. fall in love with. And and that was my whole MO. And I would like I tell stores to Antwerpify their store, right? Like put put up posters and and and, and all kinds of stuff and images to put up pictures of you having beers in Antwerp, right? Like this whole experience and people would, and the more they dug into it, the more it was like this big romantic thing that stores would do. So when, when Punchmark was founded uh, 15 years ago, one of the first things we created was an Antwerp campaign. And, you know, it was a lot of fun. It was called uh, after, you know, polling a bunch of friends and, and just people out there, we'd say, what's the first thing you think of when you think of Belgium? And a lot of people said chocolate. I mean, some people said waffles and beer and, you know, some even said lace. Belgium's known for its lace, which is kind of weird. But um, but but yeah, I mean, 
few people said diamonds, not, not many. Right. So it wasn't like a general awareness that, that people had outside of the industry. So we came up with this campaign, uh, called sweeter than chocolate. And, uh, we took pictures of diamonds. They were CZs. Don't tell anybody. Uh, (laughs) but like one, one to two carat CZs, but they, they were sitting among like chocolates on this like really rich velvet fabric. And it was a really nice appealing look to it. And it was, it just said sweeter than chocolate. And and there were a few other taglines that we had with the campaign. Um, but, but that was a lot of fun. And, you know, the, the claim to fame is that the, the people who signed up for it, um, did pretty well. I mean, there was a postcard program, direct mail element, and there was a invitation element and some people who had an event, um, you know, did as much as like 40,000 diamond, $40,000 in diamonds uh and pre-selling the diamonds before they even left oh so we're very we're very proud of that and uh and that's why this year we're sort of resurrecting that campaign you know yeah it's so funny i remember when i started with punch mark and i was talking to you and dan and uh dan uh Roy, our cpo and we were i was talking to you guys and you guys were like yeah you know punch mark was actually started as like a like a marketing branding kind of branch of the jewelry industry. And then, you know, one thing led to another and now we do websites, but that's kind of the the origin story. And it's really cool that we're kind of going back to it this year. Can you talk a little bit more about this, this campaign that Punchmark is going to be doing for, for different, you know, clients that are, that are heading to Antwerp this year? For sure. Um, yeah. So, so this time around, it, it's not going to be, it will have a direct mail element to it at one point, but we're starting off small. We're starting off on a digital marketing level. Um, predominantly, it is a uh, an installable or embeddable landing page that can mm-hmm. be embedded on any website, no matter who your website provider is or what platform you're on. Um, and that, that landing page is, you know, it's customizable, but it comes with pre-written copy and content that romanticizes Antwerp. Um, the general idea is, you know, the messaging behind it is all about hand-selecting diamonds for our customers um, you know, halfway across the world. So, um, that is, is one of the biggest elements, but it's turnkey and it includes eight pre-written emails that go out to your customers. Um, all retailers have to do is just, you know, send us their, their lists. You can export it from your point of sale system. You can export it from whatever, you know, campaign monitor or MailChimp or constant contact, just export the list, send it to us. Um, doesn't matter if you have 500, 250, or 10,000 or 20,000 contacts. Um, we'll get them in there for you. We'll schedule all eight emails, which go in a period of about six weeks, give or take, depending on when your trip is. Yeah. Um, there's autoresponders for when people sign up. We manage your database of subscri- subscribers. Um, and, you know, there's on your landing page, there's a countdown timer for the date of departure. So it's really focused on like when you're leaving. Um, and it's really romanticizing the aspect of like, you know, I'm your diamond guy, I'm your diamond person, your special concierge of importing diamonds for you. Right. So, um, it's, it's really easy. We send out installation instructions. Um, it's literally two snippets of code that you just paste into your website. Um, we can help you if you need it. I mean, it takes us five minutes if you gave us access to your back end. Um, and then, you know, there's also uh, an optional decal. Uh, sticker that you can put on your on your oh, that's wall nice touch. Antwerp, your Antwerp Diamond Club, so to speak, and um, you'll have access to uh, a Dropbox of images for social media, things like that, so you can continue promoting it outside your website. And you'll have you know limited rights to to use the digital assets throughout the the campaign. So um, that's the gist of it. There, like I said, there will be a direct mail component at one point. Um, we might even take one or two clients and and go through with that. We just wanted to, being that the trade shows that we're doing, um, both IJO and RJO coming up very soon, um, RJO on Saturday, uh, you know, this Saturday, when yeah. when this is being recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, the turnaround time based on the, uh, the trips that are coming up, um, very, very uh, quick turnaround time for the first, the very narrow window. Of, of getting these things launched. Um, and so we, we didn't want to have too many moving parts, right? So yeah. like n- next year when we launch it, we'll have, we'll be ahead of the game a lot more. We'll be able to, um, you know, have a lot more signups during the spring shows, uh, and JCK, uh, and throughout the entire summer so that we'll have a lot more time for, you know, more moving parts to execute on. 
Yeah. When it comes to the strategy behind running a campaign related to just related to Antwerp in general. And I'm going to probably ask this question to all the people we interviewed. This is actually the the first of the the episode, even though this is going to probably be at the end of the episode. Uh, one thing I'm, I'm curious about, is it about pre-selling diamonds to sell to clients loose? Or is it about selling the diamonds to be used in a custom piece, like buying a specific one for a custom piece that's already in progress? Or is it about like marketing yourself as kind of, like you said, your diamond guy, what is kind of like the, the real thrust of the matter when it comes to why people are going to Antwerp and how you're marketing it? You know, it's all of the above. Um, some stores mm-hmm. do very well with the pre-selling. Um, there are stores who are like, you know, you're kidding me. Uh, so a customer is going to come in my store. They're going to pay me $10,000 before they even see this diamond, yeah. I'm going to travel 10,000 miles and I'm going to go hand select it and bring it back to them. Like you're out of your mind. But, <laughs> and so for some people, it depends on how good of a salesman you are. Really. It, it breaks down to, um, you know, how confident you are in this sort of concierge elite type of service. Um, but, but there's, there's a lot of ways that you can work it. Um, you can have an event in your store. You can have champagne or Belgian beer and waffles and you can, we you go. can really do it up. And then have people in your store and just say, hey, look, what do you want? Like, I'm going over. What do you want me to get from you? You could say, look, we, re- we require a deposit, um, 150 bucks, 2,500 bucks, 50%, whatever that may be on, you know, you could use wrap. You could just say, um, you know, 10% back of wrap. I'm going to use, you know, whatever. Let's say it's, you're looking for a F, you know, color VVS one stone. That's one and a half carats. And I'm going to say, all right, well, that's going to be, I don't know off the top of my head, 8,500 bucks, whatever. So we need a down payment of $4,000 for us to go mm. over and get this for you. So you could even say matching, you can get you matching pairs for diamond studs. Like what, you know, so you can start talking about what the diamonds will become, right? You could say, you know, do you want a tennis bracelet? We can get you a bunch of, I know a few diamond suppliers over there that can get me matching goods and get me like 16 perfectly oriented baguette shaped diamonds that are going to be perfect for this tennis bracelet or whatever. So, so you can, you can get creative with it and start, you know, thinking about the end result. Um, You could even say like, look, do you have any gold and jewelry you want to melt down? And then we can set these Antwerp diamonds in Mm -hmm. there for you. Um, Typically you have people um, who might have like, imagine the, the guy who was, you know, 21 when he proposed to his girlfriend at the time and, you know, he bought her a half carat diamond and he spent, you know, like a thousand bucks on it or whatever it was. And then, you know, now he's 45 years old. He's, you know, an investment broker and he has a little bit of money. He's on and, the glow up. <laughs> right. So so this is the guy, you know, this, this this campaign isn't for everybody, but it's for the people who are doing well. They have a little bit of, you know, extra income there that they can work with. And they, they, these might be people that want to upgrade their wife's, you know, engagement ring, go from a half carat or to, a, or get an, turn it into an anniversary ring, um, you know, and, and and there's a lot of opportunity there to to sell it. So yeah, so answer your question, you can pre-sell diamonds. You can say, listen, I'm going to come back and I'm going to have all these loose diamonds that we brought back come in to see them in our showroom, and we're going to show you. So you can romanticize it however you want, really. Um, there's even people who go over there and say, Hey, look, let's, uh, let me FaceTime you while yeah. I'm in the diamond offices, That's like so Eastern cool. time. It's going to be 9am here in New York, but it's going to be 3pm over there. And I'm going to be sitting there with hundreds of diamonds in front of me. And I, when I see one that looks like the one that's for you, I'm going to, I'm going to show it to you. Right. Uh, and that whole, that whole aspect, when people really work this program, it's insane. It's insane. It, it, it drives a lot of of good business and separates you from those big box stores, you know? Yeah. Just like that level of, like you said, the concierge surf, uh, service, that is something I do really feel like is going to be the lifeline or just like the direction that will result in the best and result for the, the direction um, for the best end result that a lot of these independent retailers can have. Because again, like you said, you're not going to get that from the big box and having that opportunity to, yeah, kind of say, Hey, I'm going to go and travel all these miles to get you exactly what you're looking for. I think that that's kind of what the campaign is going to drive home. Also is that that boutique service and Ross, who's a, 
who's eligible to to sign up for this? So any retailer, any retail jeweler nice. who goes to Antwerp, um, there are two groups that predominantly uh, go to Antwerp. It's IJO, the Independent Jewelers Organization, and RJO, Retailer Jewelers Organization. Um, and they do diamond trips uh, together. Um, so it makes it easy for the retailer. Uh, if you're a member of either one of those organizations, uh, you can go through the channels uh, through those organizations and sign up for a trip. Um, and they usually have like air and land packages. They make it really easy for you travel wise. And once you're over there, um, you can use, you know, their, uh, their clout with, with their diamond suppliers that they, uh, they kind of have at bay waiting Mm. to, uh, have these conversations with you, or you can, I mean, you can go on your own. Um, there's a lot more openness regarding how many diamond suppliers are willing to deal with new retailers in the past. This was not a thing. It was like, you know, what, what do you mean? We have importers in New York city that work with us and we don't work with any little independent retailer, but, but typically um, it's become more popular for retailers to go over there even on their own. So. Yeah. And how can people get in touch with us? Uh, if they're interested in running this new campaign, 15th anniversary of Punchmark, and they want to get a, uh, you know, get into on this package. How can they, what's the next steps for them? So the easiest way uh, is to, I know it's it's not a, a, an e- a landing page or anything, but right now, send an email to marketing at punchmark.com mm. um, and just say, you know, subject line, answer a campaign. Um, nice. Just some notes. If you are uh, thinking about going on one of the earlier trips that are, you know, somewhere around, you know, September 29th to October 4th, um, if you're going on one of those trips, you need to sign up very early. There's a very... Uh, quick turnaround time, as I mentioned, um, you'll need to sign up no later than say uh, August 8th or 9th uh, because the campaign will kick off around the 23rd and we mm-hmm. need time to, you know, get the emails all situated, get your list, get your logo, get your preferences, get everything squared away, get the, get that page installed on your website. So there's a lot of moving parts, even to this uh, small digital campaign. Um, but uh, if you sign up uh, at one of the shows, uh, you're eligible to receive a 15% discount off the package in respect to punch marks, 15 years in business. Um, so, so just reach out, um, you know, send us an email and, and, or you can call us, you know, 704-910-4774. Um, and, uh, and we'll get you set up. And let them know that in the loop sent you, it makes me look good. <laughs> For sure. uh, thanks Ross. I, I think that's really interesting how, Antwerp has kind of been intertwined with some so long of a of a career with you, you know, both from when you were 16 to kind of the kicking off point for Punch Bark and now 15th anniversary being the you know an, another awesome piece project that we're rolling out. It's really uh it's kind of been tightly intertwined with with your life. It's it's pretty neat to to hear about. For sure. Yeah, it's it's Antwerp is such a beautiful city. I mean, um, if you look at cities in Europe, a lot of them are, a lot of them have history, but Antwerp has, um, you know, an exceptional, uh, you know, history to it. Uh, not just the diamond trade, but, but everything else as well. Uh, we, we used to take side trips, you know, to places like Brussels and Bruges and Amsterdam and even Paris. Um, but one day we took a, a tour of Antwerp. And we got on this bus tour and I was like, I had no idea all six times I've been to Antwerp. Um, I'm like, this, this is, you know, why leave? Like, this is such an incredible city. And and there's a lot to it. The romance behind it. Um, it, it's, it's really deep. And, you know, some people don't know that two thirds of the world's diamonds are cut and traded there. Right. And, and the, with an immense history, you know, that's what we are. Our main goal of this campaign is to, I mean, to say turn Antwerp into a household name is probably a, a big, a big ask, but, but to, to make it, to have an awareness campaign around what Antwerp is and how diamonds originate from it. Um, it's one of my passions because it's been something that's been deep rooted in my, in my life for the last, you know, I don't know, a couple decades, which is crazy. Yeah. To say. So crazy, man. Well, Ross, thanks for coming on. I think it's really interesting. And uh, I hope that a bunch of people take advantage of this. I think it's a really cool campaign. It seems very turnkey and cut and dry. So hopefully people use it and, you know, they got something running. So that way, when they go on this cool trip, they are making some money off of it. For sure. Anything else, Ross, before we wrap wrap this up? No, I think that's good. 
Alrighty. Thanks, everybody. I think that this will be the last interview. It's kind of funny. I'm doing this in reverse, but we'll have another episode uh, next week, Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Bye. All right, everybody. That's the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed it. A little bit more of a deep dive than normal. This week's episode was brought to you by Punchmark and produced and hosted by Michael Burpo. My guests this week were Scott Stambaugh from Stambaugh Jewelers, Erica Godfrey from RJO Rock Tour, and Ross Cockrum, the CEO of Punchmark. This episode was edited by Paul Suarez with music also by Ross Cockrum. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by visiting punchmark.com slash loop, that's L-O-U-P-E, and leave us a review or a message. And it's always good. Leave us a comment and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps the podcast grow. Thanks. We'll be back next week, Tuesday, with another episode. Cheers. Cheers.